This is Hockey Central on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Kelly Kirsch and Logan Gordon, a busy show today as we get ready for the big show with uh, Will Nault and Logan and the Hustler coming up uh, at 2 o'clock. We'll hear from Brian Burke. Great conversation with Will yesterday from the uh, Targets for Kid broadcast. Really good stuff, so I wanted to kind of get the real cool stuff and, 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 and replay that in case you missed it. Uh, also, we're going to talk about a few uh, few things with Logan, like maybe a new home for P.K. Subban. We'll talk about that, but first, as we do every time on Hockey Central, we're going to talk to Pete Labardius. How are you, sir? I am uh, excellent. Big match that I'm attending coming up tonight. Really? Canada Soccer versus El Salvador. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting how that is. Uh, all these, like, we had a... Canada had a great, you know, uh, these sports that that aren't hockey <laughs> that we've done really well at. You know, the women's the women's soccer at the Olympics. You know, the the world's uh, women's championships now. Soccer with the men, uh, tennis. I mean, it's it's been a pretty cool summer for uh, for a guy that enjoys the the Maple Leaf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been incredibly enjoyable, and I've loved every second of it. In fact, Kelly, I would say the only downside to the summer was the fact that the Olympic men didn't qualify for basketball and our Olympic women's basketball team was a tad disappointing. But outside of that and carried by women in so many ways, although Mr. Uh, Alassim is having some different yeah. things to say and so have others. And, um, you know, soccer's soccer's funny because I don't know if you remember this, Kelly, Canada lost in this grouping several years ago, eight to one in Honduras. And it's the first time in my life I vowed, you know what? I'm done. I'm not going to watch men's soccer anymore. I'm tired of it. I don't understand why we're not better, but thanks to John Herdman and company and some good young players. Unfortunately, Alfonso Davies won't play tonight. Um, He's hurt, but this is the most gifted Canadian soccer team I can maybe ever remember. So I'm back in. There you go. I, that game in Honduras, uh, I hear the crowd was a little on the wild side. It was, um, yeah, sometimes those Central American places are, are tough places to play, but we'll see. Uh, so this game is oh. this game in Toronto, or where is this game? It yeah, is Toronto, in Toronto, BMO, yes. Yeah. Yes, oh, yeah, it's okay. at BMO tonight, so... Uh, looking forward to heading down. And, yes, uh, there was a lot of Hondurans in the crowd the other day when I uh, attended yeah. that match. I bet so, you. I bet you. Yep. Well, yep. we wanted to kind of work through your list kind of, uh, sure. you know, it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, my better half when she gives me a lift, list on, on Saturday, <laughs> right? And we've gotten those, Lou, right? You just kind of tick them off. And you oh, feel, yeah. You feel a lot better when you get down to the bottom of it. But we've got our time. We can take our time on, on this list. Yep. Um and I wanted to kind of dig in a little bit. Logan and I were talking about it, you know, the, the back end, the, the Flames defensive core. And, and obviously we talked about it yesterday, a, a massive, massive loss with Mark Giordano. We're going to hear uh, some interesting comments from Brian Burke about that coming up uh, before 2 o'clock. But when, when you think about it, um, you know, Chris Tanev comes in and, and, and does really, really well. Um, uh, Noah Hannafin as well. And I, I think there was maybe some, some hits and misses with the other guys. So when you look at at, at your top six, um, what do you, what do you are you confident that 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 group can get it done? 
for a full 82-game schedule, or are you thinking that somebody really has to step it up or they have to go and find somebody else? Well, I still think, Kelly, to begin with, they're in the market for potentially one more veteran guy. Now, whether Michael Stone, again, finds another contract, um, you know, going through it yesterday, in, in fact, to find Andy Walensky, a big right-handed shooting player who's been part of the Anaheim um, system for a long time and has a number of NHL games under his belt. Kevin Gravel is somebody that Daryl Sutter would be familiar with from his time in Los Angeles, um, not to mention, you know, Connor Mackey and, and his development. So am I confident? I am confident. Is it a massive loss to lose 24 minutes out of your lineup? In, it's an incredible loss. But I think in many ways there are two really, really key guys, Kelly, in my opinion, and that's Rasmus. I'd start with Rasmus Anderson. Rasmus Anderson, who I think very highly of, I, I think last year he'd be the first to admit that it was an up-and-down type year. And, and I think there's way more there. Um, I have great confidence in him becoming um, an excellent top four, which he's already been, potentially even you know a top two defenseman on the Calgary Flames. And he signed long-term, um, so him being in his best form is really important. But I think in many ways, Kelly, you know who the key guy is going to be? It's going to be Nikita Zadorov. Yeah, I, I was going to um, ask you about him because he's yeah. he's a the guy they 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 uh, they made the deal for and got him signed. I remember you know him playing, well, I guess Colorado. He's just this big, huge guy that's mm-hmm. hard to move. Um, what tell us tell us what you think where he's going to fit in and what type of role he's going to play? Well, you know, listen, he's he's as nasty as they come. He's an excellent skater. But I would be the first to tell you that going back to his days in London and World Junior appearances, he's never quite found the level that I expected him to attain. But he gives you an element of just plain old nasty that, you know, you don't necessarily have. So I like that fact. But the reason I think he's going to be the most key is, you know, until you saw Valimaki, and, and, you know, that's another key, key component for me that I haven't mentioned, Nikita Zadorov probably has to start the year in your top four. And he's got to be a good, reliable player. And, you know, I think Noah Hannafin, before he got hurt, had his best year. I have no worries at all about Chris Tanev. We've talked about Anderson, which is why... Kelly, that's why, and Logan, that's why I think Zadorov signed one year, $3.75 million. You know, he averaged 19 minutes last year in Chicago at 178 hits. Did have more giveaways last year than he's accustomed to. So puck management, you know, will have to be at a premium. But I love, you know, he's a guy that, I don't know, he's 26. Is he ever going to get to the ceiling that many thought that he had. But, uh, but I do. I, I think he's going to potentially have to be a top four guy and a top four guy to begin the season. What about the wheels? Because that's maybe, you know, a big guy uh, like that. You know what? 
I, I've never, I've never had a huge, huge issue with his mobility. You know, I mean, I wouldn't say he's a burner, but I've never thought of Nikita and went that that's a real downside for him. Consistency and and making plays and playing with more discipline, Kelly would be ahead of the list for me before the skating. Okay. We're chatting with Pete Labardi. It's right here on Hockey Central. It's Kelly Kirsch and Logan Gordon. We're talking about the... uh, the Flames decor and, and what it may look like come come September and then into October. Lou, one of the guys that I think probably caught the attention of a lot of people last year and maybe not for all the best reasons and maybe was in the coach's uh, eye line was, was Yusuf Valimaki and uh, a young man that's gone through a lot in uh, a very young period of time, just 22 years old, dealt with some injuries and obviously going through the pandemic years was really our first chance to see him at an NHL level full-time what are your expectations for him heading into the season uh after what he went through with Daryl and you know finding himself in and out of the lineup this is a young guy that I think you're right when you mention you know unless he takes that step forward Nikita Zadorov kind of has that top four spot locked down but I'm sure this is a guy the Flames would love to see take that next step and take that spot well I make no bones about it I never have um you know, I, I'm a big fan of this player in a lot of different ways. I like his character. I like his makeup. Um, I think one of the biggest growing points for Yuso, and I think it really became a little bit in question last year, was no one has higher expectations and probably gets down on himself easier than Yuso. He wants to be a really, really good player. And he works at it like crazy. There's no doubt he loves the game. And there were growing pains. Absolutely. Did, did he play up to the level um, that we'd even seen prior to Daryl when Daryl took over? No, we didn't. Um, but again, you know, that's what growth is about. It's about taking challenges, being challenged, being better, being more reliable, and being able to cope with the situation that you're in. But let's also remember this. He virtually, Logan, as you well know, and you you made some mention of it, basically missed two years of hockey. And then last year, between his time where he went overseas and played at home in Finland, you know, and then played, you know, not all the NHL games of the 56, but, you know, had a full campaign that he could have under his belt he basically got a full season in of pro hockey after being away for a long time and with a very serious injury and a number of injuries dating back to his last season with the tri-city americans so yeah this is this is a really really big year for him and you know i still say this as far as you know some of his offensive gifts and vision and there's a long way to go, you know, I think he gives you some things that, that other guys on this back end don't necessarily have. However, with this it. team, yes, absolutely. You know, the, to me, the two most gifted offensive guys in this back end are, you know, and I put probably the way you so seize the ice and can make plays, yeah, I'm not so sure he's not the most gifted guy. Yeah, and those guys in, just have to have, they have to learn it right because they can't rely on their 
on their on their God given talent, they have to kind of play play it smart and do it shift in and shift out, and that's where you see young guys kind of maybe struggle a little bit because they know they're so well, what talented. What do you have to do first, Kelly? What do you have to give first? You got to have the effort. You have to yeah. defend. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're you a defenseman, have to right? Defend. Yeah. yeah. What? What? So, um, just before we get, you know, get off El Mackey, where do you? Here's a here's a Lou word. Where do you find him slotting? Like where where like what like um like it's it's easy to say he's bottom six guy, but to say okay, no, let's let's look at at the positive and say okay, what is the potential? Is is he a potential, you know, top pairing guy towards the middle? or the end of the year, if everything, you know, works out and he, he, he does what he needs to do and, and makes that step, or is that maybe pushing it way too uh, ahead of, of where he really should be in, in, a, in a normal sort of uh, progression? Well, I think in a really good year for Usul, which is going to probably take some more time to show that, you know, he's ready to defend consistently with the minutes he's given is is being a regular member of your top four by the time the season comes to an end that i think that i think is the most immediate goal and i also think it's a very attainable goal and you know a lot of this summer i'm sure for you so and and i don't think I don't think Kelly for you. So it's as much, you know, now he's got, he, he had to get stronger and the one area for him is, and they worked on it really hard with the skating coach is, is just skating is just skating and strength and maturing in that part of his game. Because when that comes together, he'll be a better defender and he'll be able to use all those instincts that he has on the other side, even better. Like, I I don't know if you guys agree or disagree, but, you know, even in his best moments last year, he can make some plays and see things that other guys can't see, in my humble opinion. Yeah, we we saw flashes of that. Certainly saw it when he he first got called up, you know, seems like a million years ago, but it wasn't that long ago, where you'd see where he's seeing the game and the right place to be. And, And a lot of that times, Lou, it's either you can do it or you can't. Where, like, just before we kind of leave the defenseman, where maybe get an answer from from both you guys because I'm curious, where is the surprise going to be? Who's the guy that might surprise us and end up in the top six that maybe we're not thinking? Uh, maybe we'll, we'll start with Logan first, just to kind of put you on the spot. Well, uh, I, like, I, just a guy that maybe isn't necessarily there yet, but you think if he has the right kind of training camp, the right kind of attitude. And that right kind of progression, maybe he surprises people, and he's a regular. Maybe you thought he was going to be in Stockton or, uh, you know, a, a seven eight guy. Well, to me, the the obvious answer, for, at least in my mind, Lou is is Connor Mackey. I think that, yep. given the fact that he's twenty four, he's a couple of years older, going to the college route, um, the time that he spent with the team going back to last season, and you know, getting a cup of coffee at the NHL level, and. You can say all you want about, you know, maybe those games didn't mean much for the team at the end that he got into. I think they meant a lot to him. I think that it, getting up to that NHL speed, uh, this was a guy that I liked his tenacity at the end of the year, Lou. We saw him getting a couple of scraps. This guy wasn't taking uh, any shift off by any means. He was excited to be out there and trying to show what he can do. And 
didn't matter that maybe the games weren't as entertaining or the playoffs were around the corner for everybody else. He still wanted to show out, and I think if there was a guy that I would look to for this team next year to take that next step that maybe doesn't get talked about enough, for me, it's got to be Connor Mackey. Yeah, I'm in exactly the same boat. Um, There's no question for me because, you know, at this point in time, um, you know, the Flames have some other good young prospects, including Jan Kuznetsov, who was a second-round pick not this summer, but the prior summer, who played for Russia at the World Junior Championship and will be slated to do that again. Um, you know, he's kind of a bit of, maybe not as tough, but I don't know, for whatever reason, he makes me think of Robin Regeer a little bit without maybe the edge. But I like how he skates. He's got a great frame. He's a good defender, you know, but he's only 19. Um you know, and the Flames have a couple of potentially good offensive defensemen, but they're not ready. Connor Mackey, you know, this is a big year for him. Absolutely. Not just as potentially a Flame, but, but overall. And he is older. But, Logan, the one thing I don't think we can ever forget, he's only had one year of professional hockey to his credit, period. And, and that's a... That's a you know, I don't care if you're really, and he was a really good player in college, really good. But it is just, it's so different. But do I like how he skates? Yes. You use the word tenacity? Yes. Um, I, I think he has all the tools to be an everyday National Hockey League defenseman. Now, whether that's going to be this fall or partway through the year, I don't know. But there's no doubt. If if I had to pick a surprise like you, it's him. And, you and got, I don't even know if that's a surprise. Well, it's uh, yeah, maybe. Well, I, I think so. And and no one no one said anything about Oliver Shillington. And I'm just wondering, speaking of guys who are 24, where, where, what if you're him or his his agent or his camp or whatever? What do you think he's got to do to kind of kind of break through and make this an everyday thing for him? Well, I, I think I think it's been the same thing in a sense that has been difficult for him period. And, you know, Kelly, what's the number one word for a coach when it comes to a player? Uh, Starts with a T. T. Well, it could be talent. I don't know where you're going with this. Trust. Trust. Yes. Trust. And, and with Oliver, you know, again, great skater has some instincts, has some great games. But again, if you're going to be, you know, a third-pairing defenseman in the league, whether it's whether it's Uso, whether it's Shillington, like defensively, you have got to be trusted on a regular basis. And, and here's a perfect example: Who did the Flames add late in the year that stayed in the lineup and did a pretty good job in the bottom part of your defense every night? Michael Stone. Michael Stone. And why? Because they trust him because he does because it. He plays it the right way. Yeah. They knew what they were going to get. There was very little drop-off from one night to the next. You know what you're going to get. And, you know, in that situation, on that pairing, and I think even more so with this team that probably, you know, isn't going to score at the rate that some of your opponents are going to score, well, you better defend. Like, this team's probably going to have to win a steady dose of, 
you know, three, two type games to have a really good year. Yeah. And your, your penalty kill is going to have to really, really be good. If you're going to be a three, two, two, one kind of team. And that's, we, yeah. we, we saw that when, when Daryl was down with Los Angeles, you know, you'd watch those games on, on, on game center live or whatever they're calling it now. And, um, yeah, you'd see those games. They were just and and never really panic, right? They'd be down two no. one, and then or or they'd have a two one lead, and it would just stay that way. And I think that's probably why people, are, you know, you just that's kind of the way. It's it's not going to be full tilt. I don't think Daryl's changing at his age. Go, you know what? You know what we should do? You know the way we've done it for this long, and the way I, I yeah, I, I don't think that's going to change. They're going to have to be uh, very tight defensively, and therefore you have to trust the guys that that do the most of the defending right and if, yeah you know, simple yeah as that. i mean it's 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 that area of your game if you don't necessarily have the type of a team or players that are you know gonna outscore trouble then i can't get into big trouble very many nights where i'm in that position so you know, when you think about Daryl's teams in L.A., and obviously this this is different, and they ended up winning two Stanley Cups, so I'm not trying to compare. But, you know, even, Kelly, when you think about all the ads, whether it's Coleman, you know, whether it's Pitlick, the re-signing of Brett Ritchie, you know, a lot of things point to the fact that this is going to be a harder team to play against. And, and you know, put Zadorov right at the top of the list. Yeah. Well, that's good. We uh, we just talked about defense, and I knew we had to, and I, that was a pretty good conversation and so many things to kind of look at once uh, training camp gets going. Hey, enjoy that soccer game, fella. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was a little wound up last week, so <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I know that'll shock you. But, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, Canada needs three points tonight. The draw is not going to be enough. So, yeah, I'll... Uh, I don't know if that'll be two hours of enjoyment, but I'll be ready. Okay, and tomorrow I think okay. we'll we'll talk more about slotting. I, oh, slotting is yeah. on the table yeah, tomorrow. We're going to talk okay. about slotting. Forward, forward slotting. <laughs> That's right. All right, there look forward go. to it. Have All a great day, everybody. There you go. Peter Labardi is right here on Sportsnet nine sixty. The fan. He's brought to you by Gemini Renovations. They are back with us, and we appreciate that. Uh, lots to talk about. The big show is set to go at two o'clock. Right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. We got lots to talk about. Um, gonna hear from Brian Burke in just a little bit. But next, we're gonna uh, we're gonna crack open some rumors and what you're thinking because there's some players that are on the rumor mill of maybe getting traded that haven't been traded yet, and maybe some names that you maybe didn't think would get traded, but certainly the buzz is around. We'll do that next, right here on Sportsnet 960. Hockey Central continues on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Kelly Kirsch and Logan Gordon, the big show coming up at uh, 2 o'clock right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Of course, we've got Blue Jays uh, joined in progress at 6. And football tomorrow. It's back. The National Football League will have the Dallas Cowboys, Tampa Bay Buccaneers for you. Our coverage begins at 6 o'clock. My kickoff about twenty after or something like that. That's usually how they do it. Yeah, six twenty. A little later because it's the first game. And well, and in Tampa Bay, they'll be doing banner stuff and rings and throwing, throwing know. the Lombardi Trophy off boats. Yeah, no, that was February. That was that a while was ago. February. Uh, and tomorrow, uh, live show: the return of Patrick Steinberg and Will Nott. They're going to be uh, live at uh, 
Well, two, well t- back-to-back live and locations. We're at uh, the Tap Room tomorrow, mm-hmm. and then Adrenaline Source for Sports on Friday. So looking forward to that. That must mean hockey season right around the corner. Adrenaline is excited to have you back for the hockey season. Check out their best-ever selection of sticks, skates, and equipment. Adrenaline Source for Sports, 9309 McLeod Trail South. It's Kelly Kirsch and Logan Gordon. We've got uh, Brian Burke, a, a kind of a re-rack from, from yesterday, a really good conversation with Will Nault, so we'll, uh, we'll get to the good parts of that. But I wanted to kind of, you know, bring a few things up. First, I, I'm going to start with some, some maybe some heavy news. Um, and we didn't talk about it yesterday, and, and we should have, and that's on me. The, the 10th anniversary of that horrible plane crash in, in Russia with uh, Yaroslavo uh, Lokomotiv uh, crashing and killing just about everybody on board, including a lot of former NHL players. Uh, and uh, it was just the, the worst day for hockey. And it's hard to believe it was 10 years ago when you think about, you know, Carl Wachunek, Pavel Dimitra, uh, Rislan Soleil, Carlos Scrashtons, and of course, you know, uh, Brad McCrimmon, former Calgary Flame, was the coach of that team. Um, dying in that. And I, I don't know, it was one of those things, if you, if you kind of research what happened... It's, it makes it even more tragic and even more frustrating that, that something like that could happen in, in, in a modern sort of world with modern technology. But it truly was a sad day. I remember what, where I was. We were doing a, a, a live show with uh, Boomer, Brett Warner, and we had Andrew Walker at the time. And I remember Wax was doing the update, and he was sort of ablibbing it because he was just getting information on Twitter. And I go, like, what is he talking about? Like, does he have that right? Mm. And it was... Uh, it was a day that just stunned the hockey world, and it was really, really sad. And it's hard to believe that was uh, that was ten years ago. Unbelievable. Yeah, or that was the for me the one that hit you. You always yeah. get these anniversaries every couple of years, and you go, "Wow, that was ten yeah. ten years ago." Yeah, that's a, a very long yeah. time ago. And you go through the names, the memories, and of yeah. course, you mentioned you know Brad McCrimmon, obviously the local ties, but so many guys. I mean, watch Pavel Dimitra. Yeah, around the national hall for tons years, of guys who played for years. a long, long time, yeah. and they and they went over there. That was they were on their way to Minx, Minxed, and uh, they um, it was their first game of the season. So it was one of those things that just oh, anyway. So it's kind of a, a sad note, but I think we should you know take time to kind of remember those guys. Uh, you know, we're getting closer to training camp starting, and it's starting to feel a little bit more like hockey around here. And everyone's sort of like, oh, I think we're I think we're good. I think it's happening. And I, uh, but yeah, so here we go, and and the rumors which we love. Uh, I should interrupt you because we do yeah. have some news that oh. just came down. Oh, okay, uh, the final RFA for the Flames signed. Uh, Connor Mackey signs a two-year deal with the Flames. So they heard us talking about absolutely. Him, Brad said, heard oh. it and said, "Look, it's about <laughs> Kurtz time." And Logan are on it. It's like, about time. Like someone get me a pen. Yes. So Connor Mackey on a two-year deal uh, with the Calgary Flames, a nine twelve. 500,000, or no, 912,000. Let's say that again. $912,000? Okay. AAB. Okay. Give me that number again, because it's so... It's, it's... 912,500. Okay, oh, okay. so it's just, just like a weird number. Okay. Yeah, it's a very odd <laughs> AAB. It's 912,500. It's, like, it's very specific. He's either getting a lot of money, or it's just a weird number. Yeah, but <laughs> a two-year deal for the, for the young defenseman after... Uh, college hockey with Minnesota State University, 24 years old, made his NHL debut last year with 
six games for the Flames, so all of their uh, RFA business now officially wrapped up. But a few more things perhaps they can sink their teeth into. Yes, that doesn't mean that they're done. Could like be there's more. a certain free agent that perhaps they're trying to work on an extension with. Perhaps. Johnny Gaudreau. And perhaps um, what, you know, what else is cooking down there at the Saddle Dome? You wonder. You do wonder because uh, I think like we asked Lou yesterday, it, it just, I think a lot of people, including myself, were expecting more and, uh, you know, yes, it always takes two to happen, but to make deals happen in the league, but uh, it just, it kind of felt incomplete to me in a lot of ways, especially on the back end, you talk about it, you know, the major changes are Geo out, Zadorov in, that's going to be the only change for your group. That's a much different looking group just from, from one move, just, right, Dad? Yeah. And, uh, expectations going to be higher for a lot of those guys after down years. So we'll see. Like we said, the offseason RFA business finishing up for a lot of teams, but that doesn't mean that everything else is finished. We still remember there's a pretty big forward in Buffalo that would like to be dealt, yeah. and that could change the landscape of things pretty quickly. Yeah. And I think probably in the next little while we'll get those uh, those notifications about the guys that are going to try the old PTO and give it mm-hmm. a whirl kind of thing. and. Sometimes you see some success, even if it's you know one out of ten, it's it's worth well, it's a, a shot. common it's a common occurrence here for a PTO guy to find his way onto the roster. Yeah. Like Brett Ritchie, last year we've seen plenty of guys do it, and I wouldn't be surprised to see it again. So and there's lots of guys out there that want to give it one yeah. more shot and uh, come at a at a at an okay Does price. It Jason Demers interest anybody on a PTO? Sammy Vatnin, Ryan Donato still doesn't have a deal. Plenty of interesting guys out there if you get a look at them in camp. Yeah, and that's where your scouting comes in and, and like, what is the story on this guy? Is there something that maybe somebody's missing? Yeah. Or maybe didn't, you know, got a raw deal or whatever. Uh, okay, well, we were, I'm just kind of teasing it earlier about P.K. Subban. So there's a, a bit of a report, take it for what, what it's worth. But um, out of Boston, that maybe the Bruins are kicking tires on P.K., but the problem is his contract is a little frightening. Uh, uh, a little bit, yeah. Nine million bucks, you know, entering the final season. Um, so you'd probably have to retain that. Now, the Devils have some some cap space. I don't know if it's it's open cap space or it's done on purpose because they don't want to go, uh, go crazy. Yeah, not a um, contending team yet. Yeah. But their, their GM, Tom Fitzgerald, who... Uh, Loved him as a player. Always thought he was so articulate, so it's not surprising that he's uh, in uh, upper management. Uh, it's interesting to see where, where they're at with that team. Uh, there's been lukewarm interest with Toronto. I don't see that as a fit there, no. even though it's his hometown. Maybe that's just a, a story. But do you think we'll see some? I, I hope we do. I, I want to see a couple big moves before training camp or or uh, or just as the preseason begins. I think there's enough hanging out there that we could. I think at some point, uh, and I, I really, I don't think Jack Eichel's getting moved anytime soon. As as much as he'd like to, to get out of that situation, not have to go through the training camp headaches of will he, won't he show up, uh, uh, and that I think is going to cause a lot of teams that maybe were in that to pivot and go to different directions. I mean, look, you just can't last, wait forever. No, you can't, you can't wait you forever. Can't. Like- some teams just won't have it in them to wait until December, and I mean talking about injuries on him, you know, before or after he gets a surgery, is he healthy, ready to go? Some teams aren't willing to make that that wait. So I think that once teams make a firm decision on what that's going to look like uh, for their teams, I mean, look, last week we just saw a big, 
you know, Kotkaniemi moved to Carolina, Christian Dvorak. There's still a potential for big moves to be had out there. Um, I think a lot of it will be in the next little bit, if anything, because he's training camp right around the corner. You're going to want guys dealing with different, you know, quarantine things in different provinces and different mm-hmm. states. You've got to think of all of that. Are they in Europe right now? Do they have to come back? You know, all that sort of thing factors in, and these guys want to find a place for the season, get themselves settled. I think all of that factors into if you're going to see any movement in the NHL, it's going to be coming pretty quick because guys want uh, – teams like having guys in for training camp, oh, ready yeah. to go from day one, ready to get on the, yeah. the program. It's not for a lack forward. of trying from NHL GMs. They're aware of, of the calendar and stuff. They're trying, but – so do you think that uh, Jack Eichel starts the season, you know, skating with his high school or college team or one of those situations? I don't think so. I think this, and this is an interesting one that uh, I've tried to do some digging on and I haven't been able to, to really find anything because I'm, I'm sure from Jack's perspective and from his camp's perspective, they would argue that he's not healthy enough before this surgery to yeah. to be skating or to be doing any of that sort of thing, yeah. whereas Buffalo might feel differently and saying that the rest and recovery was enough of a a, a healing process for his neck. I think he's going to stay away from any sort of physical activity, any sort of skating thing. I don't think he's going to be there at training camp. Um, this is an interesting back something and forth doesn't sound right to me. On no, that, that whole thing. It's like really when you're got a player's health involved like, I don't know, it's just something something we don't know I don't know what it is but it just seems a little a little scurry there a little bit all right coming up uh, it's the return of Pat Steinberg tomorrow and uh we thought we'd have a a special contest just in his honor as uh, Will and Pat will have name that flame and they will fire out the most uh you know vague bizarre you know clues to a to uh obscure flame no doubt and if you know who they're talking about, you just text in the name of the player and your name into 960-960. And who knows? You could be a big winner from Wild Rose Brewery. Get that branded fire pit for your fall. How about that? And a six-pack of beer. Uh, we got the contest details on our website. Wild Rose Brewery celebrates 25 years of standing by Alberta through wins and losses, all while serving up premium craft beer. Join us at the tap room and for, or maybe from the comfort of your own home during the next big game. And the guys will be from the tap room coming up tomorrow. Looking forward to that. So it'll be like a live version with our client for this, this awesome uh, contest. Name that flame. So how, how would it work would be like, um, I'll just, I'll just, we'll just do a sample. We'll just, you, you pretend you're a listener and done. Okay. <clears throat> so I'll, 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 I'm uh, Pat Steinberg. Uh, this flame is from, uh, he was born in Shaunavon, Saskatchewan. So that would be the first one you yeah. throw it out. Then yeah. the second one. Uh, he was drafted originally by the Florida Panthers. And then, okay. And then the third one. Like, and strangely enough, he went to three different Stanley Cup finals without ever winning one. Name that flame. And then you'd answer Corey Sarge and you'd be wrong. So that, that's how it works. Yeah, essentially, that, yeah. Exactly, except you text in. You wouldn't yeah, just shout no, it at your radio, just, so that's how that works. Okay. That technology, yeah. We're going to hear from uh, Brian Burke next. Great conversation with Will Nult. Uh, we got it racked up, ready to go. We'll do that right here on Hockey Central at noon. Hockey Central continues on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. With some more breaking news, here's Logan Gordon. 
Well, we talked about the Connor Mackey signing of the Flames getting an RFA deal done with him for two seasons. They've added another veteran free agent to the cast of forwards. Signing veteran forward Brad Richardson to a one-year contract worth $800,000. Richardson, a part of the 2012 Los Angeles Kings that won a Stanley Cup under Daryl Sutter. The 36-year-old with 17 games with the Nashville Predators last season, accumulating one goal and three assists. He's been signed to a one-year deal by the Calgary Flames today, Kelly. He's 36? Is that what you he said? He is 36 years old. And played in Nashville. Of course, you'll remember him from, from L.A., as you mentioned, a Stanley Cup winner. Um, Sometime with Vancouver as well. Yeah. Veteran guy. Yes. Very uh, very defensive. Very, very uh, responsible defensive. in his own end. Yes. Okay. Hands up who's surprised. Nope. No one oh, put their... oh my god, that's no one. <laughs> no one's putting their no hand up. No one put their hand up. Oh my goodness. That is stunning. Yeah, well there's there's a method here to the madness, and we see what it is. It's not surprising, and here we go. So this is gonna be neat to see how this, this team kind of how they play and how they play like night in and night out against some of those big gunner teams they're gonna have to go up against. Interesting. So okay, so we're uh Obviously, gonna have to pivot a little bit on the old big show because we got lots of uh, lots of news from the Flames, and and who knows the the afternoon's not over yet. We might have some more. We'll see. I wanted to uh, replay an interview we had yesterday as uh, we were live on location, as we've done for several years at the uh, Brian Burke's uh, Targets for Kids uh, fundraiser for kids sport, and Will Nolt uh, talked with uh, an old friend Brian Burke, who you know worked for the Flames. Worked for Sportsnet. Now he's with Pittsburgh, and and Will started the conversation off about you know kind of a kind of a strange condensed uh, off season for just about everybody. Well, it was a compressed summer. I mean, it was a strange summer. We I just took the job in February, moved to Pittsburgh, and we went right into the bubble. So we were bubbled the entire time. Uh, we couldn't go out anywhere. Couldn't get a haircut. Couldn't go to a bar or a restaurant. Uh, we're you know basically go to the games, watch the guys play, go back to practice, couldn't go near the players. Then the team would go on the road. We'd play two games every time, then come back. Uh, you couldn't eat meals as a group. Uh, we could eat team meals as a group. But, like, after a game, we'd play the Islanders twice. We'd get a packaged meal and eat in the, in the hallway and then get on the plane and go home. No service on the plane. I mean, small problems, but it was aggravating. And then right away you get done and you've got uh, playoffs, then – draft and uh, free agency and expansion draft in there so it was really a compressed year and everyone really only got I got a week off in August to go to Cape Cod with my family but other than that it was a strange year what are the conversations been like are you expecting somewhat of a return to normal next year what are those uh, conversations been like behind closed doors Brian well I think there's a couple levels first off is what can teams do that are fully vaccinated and cleared to play and I hear more and more teams are being told that they'll be, if they're fully vaccinated, there'll be some type of vaccine passport or credential, and you'll be allowed to play. We'll see uh, how quickly that comes back in every jurisdiction. It varies from, you know, every jurisdiction has different rules. So we'll see. Hopefully it'll come back to full participation on, on uh, dual vaccinations, and, and we'll be back to normal. 
I know when you took the job, you had said that there was only a couple of spots you'd go back to because you loved your media gig. You were back in Toronto. Everything was going great for you. Pittsburgh was one of those spots. Did it live up to the hype? I know it was a COVID-type season, so it certainly was a little bit strange. But uh, going to Penguins and that organization, was it everything you thought it would be? Yeah, it was. And, and really, I've enjoyed you know my, my time with the media. I worked for, for Sportsnet, and I worked for Hockey Night, and... When you work in a job and you like the people you work with and you like the people you work for, well, I love the people I work with and I love the people I work for. Except Elliot. Except Elliot. (laughs) So it's a definition of a great job, and I planned on making that a career. There's only really just the one opportunity, maybe two, but just the one that I didn't think they'd offer me the job. And when Pittsburgh did, I mean, you look at the ownership group, you look at the management team they put together, you look at the coach, you look at the players, you look at the – the reputation of excellence, you know, 15 straight years in the playoffs, uh, five Stanley Cups. Uh, and I think, you know, like the Athletic did a, a survey and rated the number one organizations in professional hockey. And Penguins came in first uh, by a mile based on their finish. So it's been everything I thought it would be. It's been a dream job. And uh, looking forward to continuing to build on it. I think a lot of hockey fans would be itching for me to ask you, relationship, and, and, and now that you're in the building with him on a day-to-day basis, what's your takeaways of Sidney Crosby? Well, there's two things. One is he's a great player, and that's obvious. Everyone who watches him play, you realize all the little things he does, how physical he is, how smart he is, the great plays he makes, the smart plays he makes, all the hockey player stuff, and then you see all the other stuff, the, you know, the, the intangibles, like... We have the best practice habits of any team in the National Hockey League. Our teams are sharp and hard. There's a high uh, difficulty level in them. There's a lot of thinking involved. Like, the drills are very selective. And what drives it all is, you know, Mike Sullivan's our coach. He does a great job putting it together. But what drives it all is it. And so the combination of the greatness of the player and the greatness of the person and the, the drive that he provides to a team, it's been phenomenal. Your relationship with Ron Hextall, was it a, a large one before this job in Pittsburgh, Brian, and how has it kind of evolved now that you guys have been together? Well, I study people. Like, people don't realize I interview for jobs 365 days a year. So I, I laugh about this, but I'll go to a junior game, and, you know, most guys get there at 6, and the warm-up starts at 6.30, and I get there at 5 and meet with both coaches and say who's playing well, who's going. And you're really interviewing people for jobs. So I studied Ron Hextall. A lot. Really admired him. Really respected him. He's a thoughtful guy. He's a thoughtful speaker, and uh, really admired what he had done in Philly and put together a real great organization. And obviously, did great things with the Kings as well. So, I admired him from afar. Didn't know him that well, but I've gotten to know him a lot better. I think he's terrific. He's Brian Burke, president of hockey operations with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's our guest here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. I don't want to get you in any trouble, so if you can't answer the question, please tell me. But I, I have to ask you, your time with Calgary, they lost their captain in the expansion draft. I guess just thoughts on Giordano and what he meant to this city. Well, no, I could say whatever I want. I mean, the fact of the matter is everyone would have preferred a solution or an outcome that did not include Mark Giordano. He's a great player. He's a better person. He's been a great player for the Flames, and everyone wanted to come come up with a solution where he could stay, but they couldn't. And given the expansion draft and the rules they have, I think the decision to expose him in the in the expansion draft probably made sense. So I think Mark Giordano leaves with everyone's admiration and respect, uh, but it's, it was time to make that decision, I think. So no hard feelings on anyone's part, but 
I'm not surprised at all they made that decision. Your thoughts on Seattle as a market coming into the league next year? Well, I don't think they can lose. First off, they got Ron Francis and Todd Lewicki. They've got great front office people. Everything they've done, putting the arena together, with uh, they're going to change the way pro sports are played in terms of carbon footprints and the, the, the way uh, trash is disposed of and recycled. And they're going to change the way pro sports are played. So they're visionary. It's a great market. It's a beautiful city. I think it's a natural rivalry for Vancouver. Uh, I think it's going to be a huge success right out of the gate. My final one on, in terms of hockey for you is, is I, I, I think you've probably seen it in the media this, this summer. You know, guys like Chris Letang and Malkit have talked about how they, their, their dream is to finish their career in Pittsburgh with Sid. And I would imagine as an organization you feel the same way with both Letang and Malkin entering contract years. Yeah, and that's, that's the goal. That's what everyone wants. And, and certainly our discussion when we were going through the, the process with ownership was that that is the plan. Let's see what we can do with the group, keep them together. But at some point, we're going to have to make some decisions. And it's not right now, but at some point, we're going to have to make some decisions, and we'll deal with them as we go. Excited to get back to 82 games and, and every every team involved on your schedule? Yeah, not playing everyone there. <laughs> Enough with the baseball yeah. schedule. Well, the baseball schedule is good because they reduce the travel on the players. I liked it that way. I wish we'd done more of it in the regular season. But, uh, no, it's nice to get back to traditional uh, you know, divisional alignments and playing everyone and traveling a little bit more and actually getting on an airplane and having a cold beer. It would be nice. Last hockey question, then we'll ask you about the event because it's a phenomenal event. But uh, how excited are you for the best on best to return in Beijing in February? Well, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to add one caution. Obviously, there's a big disclaimer on this, yep. and that is that the NHL has agreed to return to the Olympics, but They've got the capacity to terminate this agreement really at any time. And that might depend on COVID situations. It might depend on a lot of things. But we're not out of the woods yet in my mind. I hope for Mike Sullivan's sake we get to play. But if these lineups go in as, as scheduled and everything goes as planned, you're talking about one of the most special tournaments that's ever been played, if not the best tournament ever played. And everyone talks about, well, it would be Canada or the U.S. It's not going to be Canada or the U.S. Those are two great teams. But you look at the Swedes, look at the Finns, look yep. at the Russians, it's going to be scary. So it's awesome that way. He's Brian Burke. It is Brian Burke's Targets for Kids. I know it's been mentioned a couple of times today by Rob Kerr most notably. But, Brian, why was it so important for you to keep your name on this event and, and make your way back to Calgary for this event? Well, if people read my book, I said in the book, people ask me, what was your favorite place to live? So I've worked for six NHL teams now, including Pittsburgh. But the five teams, and I worked in some great markets. Anaheim was great. Vancouver was great. Toronto was great. But my favorite market to work in was, was Calgary. And it's because it's such a beautiful city. Look at the look at the view right now, looking down at the skyline. But it was so beautiful and so much open space in the mountains. But also, the people of Calgary were special from day one. I remember the first day I got here. It's like my second day, my first event I went to, a season ticket holder event. People didn't even know who I was, I didn't think. People were lined up to talk to me, but what I liked best about it was you'd say to somebody, what do you do for work? And the guy would say, I work for Grant Thornton. I'm an accountant. And then he'd say, yeah, and I'm on the board of the mustard seed, you know, the food bank. Yeah. Or I'm on Special Olympics. Or I'm on, you know, like any one of a thousand charities. People in Calgary give back more than any place I ever worked, and that was special to me. And that's part of the origin of this event. How do we make a Calgary special event? Like this says Calgary all over it. Everything, you're shooting trap, 
you're having fun, there's dogs running around, people having a great day, it says Calgary. And this is a Calgary event with Kids Sport, which is a phenomenal charity. And it was my, I thought, what better way to, you know, memorialize this and make this a permanent event? And you look at this, the turnout we had from the celebrities and the from the Flames, and it's fantastic. So please be back. We had to postpone it and do it in September, which is more difficult. We'll try and do it in June uh, and resume in year six, I guess it is, next year. Awesome to see you, Brian. Thanks for making the trip out, and uh, can't wait to see you next June, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thanks, guys. Yeah, there he is, Brian Burke. There we go. Good stuff with Will Nault from uh, yesterday's live show from the uh, Targets for Kids right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. And they're going to do a show from the studio today, and that's it. Then they're off. We've got lots of live on locations. Uh, tomorrow we'll be at the uh, Tap Room with Wild Rose, and then uh, Friday the guys will be at Adrenaline Source for Sports. We've got the uh, Flames Golf Tournaments coming up, the Alumni First and the Flames Tournament. All kinds of stuff going on. Looking forward to a busy show today. Uh, Logan had the had the breaking news for you, so we've got some flame signings. Um, one new person and one not so new. So, Logan, we've got, uh, what, an RFA signed and then a uh, UFA kind of just came out of maybe nowhere for us anyway. Yeah. Uh, the, first of all, the RFA, the last piece of RFA business that uh, Bradshaw Living and Company needed to get done, it's Connor Mackey. A two-year deal for uh, the 24-year-old who played in six games with the Flames last season, uh, $912,000 on the AAV. And uh, UFA signing, Senator Brad Richardson uh, spent time with the LA Kings, winning a Stanley Cup with Daryl there in 2012. Former member of the Canucks as well. Coyotes spent last year with Nashville uh, playing in 17 games. He's 36 years old. Uh, one-year $800,000 contract for the veteran forward there. So uh, probably pencil him into that fourth-line center role for your team going forward. We'll talk to those guys uh, at some point either today or tomorrow for sure. We'll get your, you know, if you missed that audio, just check it out on the old website. 